after creek, and it's just a, such a warm feeling I have when I'm back. And I remember last week just flying in the plane, landing in Georgia. We went to a conference in Atlanta, and that those same feelings came around me. And my heart started to warm up. I remember being a little boy. Even though it wasn't North Carolina, it felt, felt just like it. And it felt so good driving around, imagining when I was a little kid, feeling the weather, the humidity, the sun, seeing the trees. So I found an 80s station because I grew up in the 80s. And I just put the 80s station on and started driving around. Remember when I was a kid, just... It felt like I was a war obsession, but it wasn't. It was like, oh, here she comes. Watch out, man. Like, Lord, I shouldn't be raising my hand right now. She's a rich girl, and she's gone too far. And I'm like, no, no. But all these memories when I was a kid, running around, it just felt so good. And I remembered when I was a kid, me and my friend Ralphie. Ralphie was my best friend. And being a military brat, it's hard to have best friends because you're always moving. But Ralphie, like me, was born in Panama. His dad was a Green Beret. Then we moved to North Carolina. Then Ralphie moved to North Carolina. Then we moved back to Panama. Then Ralphie's family moved back to Panama. Then we moved back to North Carolina. Ralphie's family moved back to North Carolina. It's not, ima not my imaginary friend. This was a real guy. I know what you guys are thinking. <laughs> So we became really close. He was my, like my little brother. And I remember we would, we would kind of complain about our parents now and then, you know, because we had really strict parents. And I remember my, my mom used to upset me because she used to make me clean up. And the worst was when I really did something bad, right, it was a spanking. But spankings were cool because spankings, you get them and you're done. You know what I mean? You wash your face off, you take a nap, you get the spanking cry, <laughs> right? And it's done. Worse than the spanking, she used to make me clean the closet where all her shoes were. And they were funky, right? And then they were all thrown in the closet, so I'd have to organize them. I'd be on my knees and the floor, and like, I can't believe my mom. This is ridiculous. Nobody appreciates me. So me and Ralphie decided one day, you know what? I said, we've had enough. We're running away. We're running away. And so I was like 12. He was like 10 years old. Like, yeah, we've had enough of this nonsense. She's going to clean her own shoes, and she's going to find out how awesome I am. So we put our plan together. We decided to run away. And for some reason, all we knew is that when you run away, you get a long stick with like a handkerchief, and you put stuff in it. I'm like... Oh, this is how you do it on TV. So we pull our stuff in our handkerchief, a Walkman, some snacks, a couple tortillas, and we ran away. And I told my mom I was running away. I said, me and Rafi were running away. And my mom looked at me and she said, okay, mijo. I'm like, what? I thought that she was going to freak out. Like, okay, you don't have to clean my shoes anymore. I thought there was something better than my house. Right? There's got to be better than this. So we run away, oh yeah, we showed them, like an hour later, like, all right, good, good. Two hours later, like, mm. three hours later, we got kind of hungry. Four hours later, it starts getting dark. Five hours later, we're back home getting spankings. <laughs> the title of today's message is, What's Better Than God? 
You know, many times as we're living our life, we think there's all these things that the world has for us that are better than God. Maybe this is, maybe this other thing is, and we try and we explore. Today we're going to talk about King Solomon. He did the same thing. We're going to be in the book of Ecclesiastes, but before we do that, let me tell you a little bit about King Solomon. King Solomon was the son of King David. Everybody say David. David was the second king of Israel. The first king of David was, the first king of Israel was King Saul. Everybody say Saul. Saul was the first king of Israel. Before that, Israel had its prophets that God would speak to. And he would rule his people by the prophets. But since everybody else had a king, Israel wanted a king. Just kind of like iPhones. Just because everybody has an iPhone, my kids want iPhones. Well, that's kind of why I have one too, I guess. Everybody has it. So they wanted their king. God gave them their king. God gave them King Saul. He started off good, eventually betrays God, right? That's enough. Now they brought in King David, a king after God's own heart. King David, even though he was a man after God's own heart, had a big, big collapse, a big failure, right? He, he, he committed adultery. You guys following me? With Bathsheba. Bathsheba now and him have a child. This child dies as a punishment to his infidelity. Well, they get married and they have another child. This child's name is Solomon. You guys following me? So now Solomon is set to be the next king of Israel. There was one night when God came to Solomon in a vision and in a dream. And he said, Solomon, you're going to be the next king. Ask anything of me that you want, and I will give it to you. Solomon asked the Lord for a discerning heart. He asked for wisdom because he knew he needed to guide God's people. That was Solomon's request. So Solomon becomes king of Israel. He becomes a great, great king. This is not only biblical this is history. Are you guys following me? King Solomon, one of the greatest kings in the history of the world, and it is about King Solomon we're going to talk about today. King Solomon at one point was the wisest and the wealthiest man in the world. And then he goes on a journey. He goes, you know what? Nobody has more resources than I do. Nobody has more wisdom than I do. I'm going to go find out what's good in this world. So Ecclesiastes, this book, right after Proverbs, Ecclesiastes means teacher, means gatherer, is a reflection of his life. At the end of his life, he sits down and he starts to write this book. Are you guys following me? So this is where we are, and this is what King Solomon is going to say. Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes. If you open up your Bible just straight down the middle, you'll probably end up in Psalms or Proverbs. Right after Proverbs, you'll see the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to read 1 through 6 to open up. It says this. The words of the teacher... 
son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless. Meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Keep in mind this is written at the end of his life, looking back upon his life. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises, the sun sets, and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows in the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes and returning on its course. So you hear the, 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 the lamenting in his voice, the kind of, I've lived it all. I've done it all. And you know what I found out? It's meaningless. The sun comes up. The sun comes down. You work, you got to work together again. The rivers come, the rivers go. The wind comes, the wind goes. I have no control over any of this. It's all meaningless. Take a look at verse 11. It says this, no one remembers the former generations. And even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. Like, and whatever you do, it doesn't matter. Why was this this thought? Well, this is so true, though. It's meaningless. So much in our life is meaningless. He says here, you're gonna, everybody's going to forget Super Bowl, right? Super Bowl is going to be coming. People are going to go crazy, right? It's the most important day. Things go crazy. Who won the Super Bowl last year? Great, awesome. Who won the Super Bowl the year before? Great. Who won the Super Bowl three years before? Four years. You guys following me? Who won the NBA championship three years ago? Who won the World Series four years ago? No, not Chicago Bulls. No, anyway. And definitely not the Cubs. Do you guys get my point? Something so important. I had an opportunity to go to see Miami Heat about four years ago. And it was really, really cool because the tickets I got were the tickets of Eric Spolster's tickets. Because I'm friends with his best friends. That means I'm cool. <laughs> At least I was that day. I'm like walking around like George Jefferson. Yeah. You see these tickets? Eric Spolster's, baby. So we sat down, got to meet him after the game, see LeBron and D-Wade come through, and it was amazing. And my friend was telling me about his best friend, Eric Spolster. And he said when Eric won the championship, the next year was the most depressed year of his life. Because he had finally obtained what he wanted all of his life. Are you guys following me? And he finally got it. All his life's work, the culmination of his effort, energy, blood, sweat, and tears, and he got it. And the next day was like, what do I do now? Meaningless. Meaningless. What we accomplish outside of God. This is what he is saying. So now I'm going to share five things. Five things that make us doubt God, right? That make us think, wow, is God better than this? 
Is God better than these things? Because that's what happened to Solomon. He went to a season of doubt. You know, I've got it all. I've got this under control. Maybe serving God is not what's best. Great. First thing, let's read verse, chapter 1, verse 16 says this. I said to myself, look, I have increased in wisdom more than anyone who has ruled over Jerusalem before me. I have experienced much of wisdom and knowledge. Then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also the understanding and of madness and folly. But I learned this too. It's chasing after the wind. Listen to this, 18. Kids, in school, you'll like this verse. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. Can I hear amen? Kids, when your parents ask you to go study, say, Mom. With much wisdom comes much sorrow. And you don't want me to be sorry. The more knowledge, the more grief. First thing. What's better than God? Is wisdom better than God? Is knowing things better than God? Solomon had it all. There was no wiser man. Remember that story in the Bible where these ladies come to him at night with this baby? It's a great story. And one of them saying, hey, this is my baby. And the other mom is saying, no, no, I was sleeping. She stole my baby. He's just listening. And the other is, no, this is my baby. Give him back to me. The lady, this is my baby. This is my baby. So it's a little baby. He doesn't know who's whose. He goes, okay, okay. Let's do this. I got a solution. Bring me a spear. And I'm going to slice the baby in half. I'll give one half to you. And I'll give the other half to you. And we'll solve this problem. And he was watching. And one of the ladies says, yes. Yes. Because she was jealous of the lady that had the baby. And the other lady said, no, no, no. Keep the baby alive and give it to her. And to that lady says, you are the mother. Super wise guy. But you guys know information doesn't save you. Can you hear amen? Information doesn't save you. Your wisdom won't save you. Relationship with the Lord will save you. And some of us here think, you know what, in our studies, in our knowledge, in our PhDs, in our, in our, in our, in our, in our degrees, none of those things are bad, guys. Are you following me? None of those things are bad. But outside of God, it means nothing. It's meaningless. I was a big Twilight Zone fan growing up. Any Twilight Zone fans here? Right? The one with Burgess Meredith, Rocky's coach, Mickey. He's this guy, and his wife was always bugging him, bugging him, bugging him, and he loved to read. And he would always escape and go to the bank where he worked and go in the safe place, and he would read books, read books, read books. One day he was down there, and the nuclear war came, and he came out, and he starts looking around, and the bank is destroyed. And the whole city is destroyed, and he's walking around so sad, so sad, but then he gets to the library. And he sees all these books. And you can just see him so happy. He had his little glasses. And he had his books. And he had this pile of all these books that he wanted to read and increase his wisdom. And then day after day he's reading and he's so happy. 
Then he gets up and steps on his glasses. <laughs> Couldn't read anymore. What are you going to do now with all that wisdom? What are you going to do now with all that knowledge? Knowledge, you guys, won't save us. Only relationship with Christ will save us. So the first one is wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Wisdom's not going to save you. So if it's not wisdom, what is it? Let's go to chapter 2. It says this. I said to myself, come now. I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to me meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embarrassing folly. Everybody say wine. What's the first one? Wisdom. What's the second one? So he said, all right, it wasn't wisdom. Let me find out wine. And he says, you know what, once again, I want to find out what's good. This is Solomon. He says, you know what, I'm going to find out, you guys. Let me check. I'm going to check for everybody. And when I'm done on my journey, I'm going to come back and report to you guys what is good. So he gives himself the wine. Well, this means in your life, you know, maybe this is your cigarettes. Maybe this is your beer. Are you guys following me? Maybe you guys, that's what you think is going to save you. Maybe that's what you've given your life to. Well, beer commercials, let's just say it, are awesome. <laughs> right, guys? I don't even drink. And they're awesome. Right, the most amazing man in the world? You guys know what I'm talking about? The most interesting man in the world? The Dosiekis guys? Here's some facts about him. He gave his father the talk. The guy's amazing. His passport requires no photograph. This guy's awesome. He can speak Russian and French. And the best is that his tears can cure cancer, but he doesn't cry. Right? You ever see those commercials? They want to make you believe these crazy things. I love the Budweiser Christmas commercials. Right? The big Clogsdales. The snow is falling. Has nothing to do with beer. Man, those people are so happy. Everybody is so happy drinking beer on TV. I wish they had real beer commercials, like the drunkest girl in the world. I'm not always this drunk, but when actually I am. Right, the biggest beer belly in the world commercial. I didn't always have this beer belly. Right, they don't show the reality of drinking. They don't show the reality of, of, of abusing. They don't show the reality of giving yourself to a substance. You guys, your substances won't save you. Your alcohol won't save you. Your wine won't save you. Your marijuana won't save you. There is a story that happened this week about a gentleman, Larry Tunsil. Larry Tunsil was supposed to be the first guy taken in the draft, the NFL football draft. Some said one, some say two, some say three, but he was going to be right there. But 10 minutes before the draft, what happens? They break into his phone, somebody, and tweets out a picture of him smoking dope. 10 minutes before the draft. So he went from being number one 
until I drafted number 13. That hit of marijuana cost him $8 million. That's an expensive joint right there. But you ask him, hey, was it worth it? You guys, your wisdom won't save you. Your wine won't save you. Your vices won't save you. Okay, he goes, okay, it's not wisdom. Well, maybe it's, it's wine. No, it's not wine. Ah, maybe it's this. Maybe it's this. Listen to this one, guys. Verse 4, I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs of water grows and flourishing trees. He did all kinds of stuff. The number three, is this better than God? Will this save you? Everybody say work. And we say work. What's the first one? Is what? What's the second one? What's the third one? Is work going to save you? Is work going to fulfill us? No. But you know what Solomon said? Okay, let me do it. He built the greatest temple. He had the most amazing things. But that's not enough, guys. And there's no problem with working. It's good. It's biblical. But you know what? If your work becomes before God, you're in trouble. If your work comes before your family, you're in trouble. Your work won't save you, men. Your work, women, won't save you. You always hear those stories, you know, if you're on your deathbed, what are you going to want? You're not going to want another email. Right? Man, if I could only do a Zoom conference right now. I'm dying, but if I could get one last great proposal. My grandfather died about uh, five years or so ago. He was 92 years old. My grandfather loved the Lord. My grandfather taught... His children love the Lord, my dad. My, da my dad taught me to love the Lord. You guys following me? I've got four kids. I've taught them to love the Lord. My grandfather died in his home in National City. And here's the scene. The living room was full of his family. All of his children and most of his grandchildren. You know what was going on in the room, in the living room, as he's in his bed, passing away? Here's the scene. A bunch of Mexicanos singing praises to the Lord Jesus Christ. Like I said, beans and rice and Jesus Christ, guys, just keep it simple. <laughs> Next to him, on his bed, is his wife for over 70 years, holding his hand. And his daughter and his children praising the Lord, and he dies. He dies, and we kept praising the Lord. You know why? Because we knew he's in heaven. You see, Solomon's like, man, he had these doubts. Well, is, 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 is wisdom better than God? Is wine better than God? Now, is, is work, is my work better than God? And you guys, the work will not save us. All right, well, this will then. If it's not work, right, let's take a look at this in verse 8. 
He says, I amassed silver and gold for myself and treasure of kings and provinces. It tells us in 1 Kings that Solomon had so much money that silver was like nothing to him. Wealth. Everybody say wealth. Everybody say wealth. Ah, maybe this will save us, guys. Maybe now we're on it. Maybe our money will save us. I know a lot of rich people. They're no happier than me. I know a lot of poor people. They're no sadder than the rich people. There's no problem with being rich. Can I hear amen? If God has trusted you with that, awesome. Lord, trust me. Here I am. Trust me, Lord. I'm just saying. I'm here for you. That's not going to save you. Your wealth will not save you. Solomon, this is how rich Solomon was. He would send these ships every three years, and it would come back with ivory. It would come back with all this wood, all this gold. He was so rich, he was bored. You know why? Because in that verse, you know what else it came back with? Baboons and apes. That's when you know you got too much money when you're designing your home. Like, you know what? We've got gold. We've got that. We've got the ivory. I'm just missing something here. What am I missing? I need me some monkeys up in this place. <laughs> That's what he did. So I just I need some monkeys. So he brought, he brought back monkeys every three years and baboons and apes. But his wealth, guys, he was the richest guy in the world. But you know what happens sometimes with our wealth? Sometimes, instead of us owning our things, sometimes our things own us. How's your mortgage treating you? How's your car payment treating you? Do I own my things or do my things own me? Do you own your things or do your things own you? Wealth is not the answer, guys. So he tried it. He tried wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Everybody say wine. Everybody say work. Everybody say wealth. Oh, the last one. Guys, you'll like this one. And then he says this, verse 8 again, the second half, I acquired male and female singers and eh, a harem as well. The delights of a man's heart. Well, what do you think the delights of a man's heart when he has a harem is? Solomon loved him some women. The last one, say women. All right, for women, that's relationships when I say women. So we have work, wine, wealth, right? Now we're on women. That'll do it. That'll make a man happy. Let's see how it worked out for Solomon. Solomon had 700 wives. 700. I've got one, and sometimes I'm overwhelmed. Sorry, baby. I know you're watching online, but sometimes I get overwhelmed. I've got one. He had 700 wives, and he had 300 just in case concubines, which were his harem. A thousand ladies. The way I look at that, that's three anniversaries a day. I got one, and sometimes like, oh my gosh, yeah. He gave himself to women. 
He tried it. Let me just give it all. That was not the answer. Your relationships, guys, right? Your relationships outside of God won't save you. Women, your husband won't save you. You, want, you, won't want, you won't find fulfillment in your husband. He cannot solve your problems. He can generate a lot of them. <laughs> Most of them. But he can't solve them. Men, women cannot save you. So he tried it all. 700 wives, 300 concubines, and that was not enough. So what happened? So what was good? Let's find out what was good. Turn to me. Turn with me in chapter 12. So this is it, guys. What's the deal? I've tried it. I've tried wisdom. I've tried wine. I've tried work. I've tried wealth. I've tried women. And it's not enough. It's not sufficient. It's not fulfilling me. This is what he came to at the end of his life, being the richest guy, the wisest, the most resources. He tried everything. And this is his journey. He's going to give you the answer right now. What's good, guys? So those of you guys on your journey, save the trouble. Here's the answer. It's coming. And it's awesome. And he says this. Verse 13, chapter 12, now all has been heard, for here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. Hold up, hold up. You mean to tell me, Solomon, after everything, after everything you tried, you're going to come back to me and tell me here's the answer of what's good? Fear God and keep his commandments. Now, I know many of you here are on that journey to find out what's good in your life. And when to give you a chance to before you leave to say, you know what? I want to fear God and keep his commandments. And God's commandments are simple, guys. It's this love God with all your heart. Can I hear amen? That's the main one. And love your neighbors as yourself. And all the commandments he has for us, they're for us, they're for our good. So for anybody here today wondering what's better than God, here's the answer. There's nothing better than God. Nothing can save you. Nothing can fulfill you outside a relationship with God. You do not have the resources Solomon had. You don't have the opportunities he had. And at the end of his life, he found out what's good. And it's this. Fear God and keep his commandments. Why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord, I just thank you for your word, Lord. We know it's not wisdom. We know it's not wine. We know it's not work. We know it's not wealth. We know it's not women, Lord, but it's your word that saves us. And as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I'm just going to give you guys an opportunity right now to make sure before you leave... They're not, you're not going on this journey and not really searching after what's good. This is what's good, guys. God is good. This is why he's good, because he loves you. So in a minute, I'm going to give you a chance just to say, you know what? I want God in my heart. I want Jesus in my heart today, and I want to pursue him. And I've had my doubts, and I've had my fears, but they're not fulfilling so with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if today you want to make that step and say, you know what, I want to fear God and keep his commandments, invite Christ into my heart, just pray this prayer along with me in the privacy of your heart. Just say, dear God, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. 
I have my doubts, God, but I'm going to give them to you. Make me new. I'm yours. I'm your child, God, and live in my heart. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed, if today that's you, in a second I'm going to ask you just to stand up. If that's you today and you want to make a decision for Christ and say, yes, I want you in my life. And I've tried those things and they're not enough. We're going to ask you just to stand up as we encourage you. So I know you're nervous. You're like, I don't want to. Forget all that. And make a decision for God. So if you prayed that prayer and you want Christ into your heart on the count of three, just stand up as we encourage you. One, two, three. Amen. Stand up. Who else? Amen. Amen. Keep standing up. Amen. Amen. We see you back there. Don't be shy. Keep standing. Who else today? Amen. Amen. We see you back there, young lady. Amen. Anybody else today? Amen. Amen. Let's, let's encourage them as they keep standing. We see you guys back there. Amen. Who else back here? Amen. Amen. Ladies, we're going to ask that you come forward right here. Just encourage them as they come forward. We want to pray for you right here. I know it's a long walk. Don't be shy. Come on. Help them down. Help them down. Who else today, guys? Amen. Amen. Come on forward, guys. Amen. Come forward. Come forward. Amen. Who else today? Praise God. Praise God. We just want to encourage you as you make your way down. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God, come on forward. God bless you. Yeah, just right here. Don't just get up. God bless you. No, no. You don't have to get up. Listen. God bless you. Come on forward. God bless you. 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 Amen. Keep encouraging, guys. God bless you. God bless you. You guys can turn this way. You guys can turn this way. I don't know where you guys are in your journey, but God knows. And I don't know what you've been searching for, but God knows. And here's the beautiful thing. It's very simple. He loves you. And he sent his son to die for you, to forgive you of your sins. And as your guys' tears are falling and you're wrestling and you understand all that pain, he wants to take it away. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, that he's removed you from your sins so you're brand new. You're clean. He's promised eternity for you. And what we want to do, we want to encourage you, we want to help you along that journey. For those of you guys here who have made the decision, let me just hear a strong amen. So you're with family here today, guys. All right, we're going to pray for you. Lord, I thank you for these brave people right here, Lord. And God, I just pray that you would just seal yourself in their heart, Lord. That you would hold them in your hands, Lord Jesus. And that they would know that it's your word, God. It's your word that's the best. It's you. You are what's good, Lord. I just pray that they would follow you. That they would pursue you, Lord. And that they would see that they're new. And that they are yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Follow this nice man right here. We're just going to give you some resources. It's not weird. We're just going to say hello. Let's encourage them. God bless you guys.